Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. To those who are new users of the Master's Voice, I would like to invite you to try out the audio platforms. You can go to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. As you listen to audio, you're able to do much more and you might be able to cover ground a lot faster. The Master's Voice Prophecy blog has expanded to new, to new um, platforms in the last few months. TikTok, Instagram, I've always been on Facebook since 2018. And so all that information is usually found in the description box, but at the pace that I am seeking to pick up, if there's not enough video, there's not enough information under the video that you're currently watching, you can always look under an older video and see if you can find what you're looking for there. Today's prophecy is from October the 9th, 2022. So this prophecy is called Hot and Cold Makes Lukewarm, a prophecy of Sardis and Laodicea. Hot and Cold Makes Lukewarm, a prophecy of Sardis and Laodicea. And this is from October the 9th, 2022. And so the Lord was giving me a teaching, a lesson about how he sees the United States of America and the two churches, unfortunately, that he likened them to can both be found in Revelation chapter 3. One is the church of Sardis and the other is the church of Laodicea. And so let us start with the scripture so that there can be understanding. I'm going to read Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. And this is what the Bible says. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard, and hold fast, and repent, and therefore, and if therefore you shall not watch, I will come to you like a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled to their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name from out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And so this is the first reading that the Lord is speaking to a long ago church, the church of Sardis, and God says that he knows the works of this church, this church called Sardis, that he knows their work, that they have built for themselves a very widely understood name, that they are vibrant and alive at a church, as a church. But the Lord says that they are dead. And so if you can hear God using the church of Sardis to describe America, then surely you can see the parallel. For all over the world, people believe America to be a Christian nation. 
They would never accept that America is a nation of mockers and scoffers of the Bible now because that's not how she's perceived internationally. America is the place with all the big churches, all the big church names, all the famous pastors come from here, all the biggest ministries. In fact, America has been the standard for the last 60 years plus of how to do church. Every pastor around the world wants to build on the American model, a big building, lights, smoke machines, uh, happy people smiling, filling in the membership response card that I had a wonderful time. And so if everyone is building to the pattern that appears alive and yet Jesus Christ says, I know your actual works and you are dead. And I'm warning you now to be careful and to strengthen the few things that you have still remaining that are worthy of anything. He says they're remaining and yet they're ready to die. So this is like the very last tomato on the vine hanging on for dear life and yet it's already starting to shrivel and wilt. Woe to those who are building according to the pattern that they observe here in America. You are building after a dead thing, a thing that Jesus says, though it remains, it is ready to die. A thing that he says, the works of this thing are not perfect before God. And he said, remember how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. What does this mean, how you have received and heard? Well, once upon a time, in a land far away, America used to preach the truth of the gospel. She used to hold fast to the real Christianity, the thing of which Christ is the head. That's how she received and heard. It was a nation that understood what Christianity was always truly supposed to be about. But now he's telling her that she has to remember, which means she has forgotten. And what happens when you forget? The next step after forgetting, whenever you let anything pass from your remembrance, is that you depart from that thing. And he says, repent, because if you will not watch, I will come to you suddenly like a thief in the night, and you won't even have any idea of the hour that I will come upon you. And he says, you have a few names in you, in this Sardis, that have not soiled their garments. And those people will be worthy to walk with me, and their garments will be white. So there are people who do remember how they first heard and received. That's one group. You have the Christianity in your hearts in the 1950s and the 1960s. And as you began to see perversion creep into the church, you became disgusted, but you decided not to creep along with that perversion. And you've always held fast to the rod of the master's truth in your hearts. Those people, he says, you will stay in white for you have been found worthy. And then there are people who may have departed, but when a rod of correction comes, such as what this channel is, those people receive the blows and they accept the rebuke. And they are even now, I receive their emails all the time, coming back to the cross. The one that overcomes will be clothed in white clothing and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. So that means that names can be blotted out of the book of life. It is possible to get yourself removed from the guest list of who gets to be seen as worthy and wearing white. So that means that once you get saved, you don't always stay saved. You need to actually work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, or it is possible for Jesus to look at you and say that your works are not perfect. And what you have, you did not hold fast to it. You departed from it. 
and you did not repent and you did not watch and you didn't strengthen the things that were dying and therefore your name has been blotted out of the book of life and many people will find that this is their ending presumptive faith is the most dangerous thing you can do to yourself to think that once you got in through the front door you can never be shown out through the back door He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is verse 6. The next part of the scripture is Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. Very short. An assessment of the church in Laodicea. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation with God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I would that you were hot or cold. So then, because you are lukewarm and you are neither hot or cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. This word spew can also be translated as vomit you out of my mouth. And we know that vomit is a sudden violent action of expulsion in which everything that is in there has no choice but to come out. And so when Jesus, the faithful and the true witness, the one who says he was at the beginning of the creation of God, says that he will vomit you out, that is a violent rejection. And what is the cause of the violent rejection? He says, you're neither hot nor cold. So you're neither fully in the kingdom and you're neither fully in the world. You are living a mixed amalgam, worldly things, mixing with your Christianity. You say you're saved, but you're supporting Pride Month and you're supporting abortion. Well, you know, if she was forced, then her body, her choice, but I'm still saved. And so because you're mixing materials, cold or hot, Jesus says, I wish that you were just cold and you would go to the world and admit that you are a worldly person. Go and live like a pagan. Don't live with a man and then claim we're sleeping in separate bedrooms. You know that you are basically trying to put your hand as close as you can to an electric fence. If you're not married, do the right thing and live with honor. Either complete the process and be married or separate and live as single people are called to in 1 Corinthians 5 and 1 Corinthians 7. It's not hard. You cannot create your own mixed path of hot and cold and say, well, you know, I'm staying pure. These things that we do on earth, it's only temporary. They're just excuses because the heart compromises and the heart needs to not feel bad and don't judge me. And many people don't have the understanding that it is impossible to do judgment here on earth. Judgment will take place when you are outside of your body Outside of your body means that you are now outside of this natural life. But outside of this body also means that you have left the last choice, the last chance that you had to make it right. Once you leave this physical body, repentance is over. You cannot repent in your spirit body. In your spirit body, it is the time to face your actions and face judgment. And so Jesus is saying, I wish you would either go to the world or come fully into the church so I can actually know where you fit because I am in my judgment. I'm coming back phase. And I will not be able to work with this mixed, this mixture of life that you are following. And so these are two of the worst churches in Revelation 1, 2, and 3 to be likened to. Sardis, where things are dying. Sardis, that has a false reputation of appearing to be alive and full of the life of God. And yet he says, you are dead. 
and you are not even watchful and you are not holding fast to the truths that you heard in the beginning and you have not repented. And so here is the prophetic word. Just a moment, please. The first part is called the cold coals. The cold coals are lukewarm people, bare minimum people, and those who are not growing. So lukewarm, I just explained, you are mixing a little bit of everything and doing a build, your, your own build of Christianity at home. So you're mixing what the Bible says and mixing what your grandmother told you and mixing what you feel like and mixing all the popular opinions that you can find on all the social media platforms. You know, I was listening to a very good podcast and he said this, you know, I just watched a great video over at this channel and he said this and that thing just, it touched me in a different way. And you're building this little abominable snowman man of bits and pieces instead of simply returning to the bible and seeing what does that thing say and how do i ask the holy spirit for grace and anointing and strength to follow what that thing says in christ's strength not my own strength and then there's the bare minimum people these are the people that are just at the very least level of everything everything that christianity says to do you're doing it at the least possible level you're not excellent you don't care about how excellent people like Ezra and people like Daniel and people like David were in the scripture. You're just getting by by the seat of your pants. If it's too hard, then you're going to leave it. If loving your neighbor is too hard, you're not stressing yourself. If forgiving is too hard, you're not participating. If giving is too hard, you're not to be found anywhere. Bare minimum, you're giving God the crumbs of your time, the crumbs of your attention, the crumbs of your love, the crumbs of your affection, the crumbs or sometimes the empty plate of obedience. Obedience is required and you're nowhere to be seen because you're doing the bare minimum. And then there are those, the third category, after lukewarm and bare minimum, there are those who are not growing at all. These are the stagnant people. You have been in Christianity since light and heat were invented and you have had no noticeable growth, no change. This literally means that though you read the scripture, it is of null effects upon you. You cannot be changed. Sometimes people in this category, they have their views. They have been taught that Mystery Babylon is Iraq or Mystery Babylon is the Pope and Rome and nothing on earth is going to change their mind. Growth is not possible. They're locked in like blades of grass that cement has set around. And these are the cold coals. Cold coals will be put out. I hope you heard that. He didn't say, I will come quickly with a fan and I will blow you back to heat. He says, if you are a cold coal, lukewarm, not growing or bare minimum person, he's going to put those colds out. Just like a person who's done with the barbecue, sprinkles water on it to put the coals out, he's going to douse those coals because they don't want to burn anyway. He says they will either have to let go of all pretending and go back to the world as the falling away gains momentum, or they will find that their faith is not enough for the day of testing just like the foolish virgins who didn't pack enough oil. 
This thing of the foolish virgins, if you have not studied this story in Matthew 25 and asked the Holy Spirit to unpack this thing for you, this is one of those gifts in scripture that just keeps on giving. The more you go back to that story, the more you will see the layers. The times that came tested all the virgins. There were 10 of them, five wise and five foolish. And the only thing that differentiated them was what they kept in reserve. The five wise knew that they were waiting for the same bridegroom that the, that the foolish ones were waiting for. But the difference is that the foolish ones were sh so sure that they knew when the bridegroom was coming that they didn't think that they needed anything in reserve. They didn't need, it an need any extra. They thought that the wait was going to be exactly how long they thought it was going to be. And so they packed nothing in reserve. They didn't store up anything for the evil day. But the wise virgins were waiting for the same Lord and they packed accordingly and took extra oil. And then what does the scripture say? It says that the bridegroom tarried. I just read scripture where he said that I will come to you like a thief in the night. I do not understand why people interpret this scripture to mean thief in the night means he's coming soon. The whole point of being a thief in the night means that only the thief is aware of the time he's coming in the night. Matthew 25 says that this particular bridegroom, Jesus, our Lord and savior took so long to come that all the virgins fell asleep. They all got tired waiting. The wait was hard on all 10. They got tired of holding on. They got tired of watching and tired of praying and they all slept. We sleep not when we're full of abundant energy. We sleep when we are weary. The Lord says that the times of testing are going to make the foolish virgins fall away because the pressure from the world and the pressure of the times, their faith is not going to be able to handle it. All the virgins fell asleep when they were weary, but then that cry finally went up. The bridegroom cometh. And it says all 10 quickly woke up and began to trim their lamps for their lamps had gone out. This is, this is a symbol of how the times that you have always heard spoken of here very honestly and very openly. Those times are going to test people so much that a lot of people are going to feel your faith might become so small that you could be worried that it's gone out. That's what trimming the lamp is. The flame is still there, but it's become covered by so much ash and it's burned down so small that you now need to work on it to make it bright and strong again. And so they began to work on the flame, but the thing is that flame works with oil, grit, resilience, faith that you have built up through trials and also built up by keeping in the word of God and reminding yourself that if you are running a 12 hour race and you only have six hour strength, it's easy to tell that you are going to fall out of the race. They began to trim the lamps and then the wise ones had oil and they poured it in and trimmed and poured it in and trimmed. And soon that flame began to get as bright as it was before when, before they fell asleep. But the fools had no oil. And so they had to start asking the wise ones. And the Bible tells the wise ones what I always tell the wise ones because I tell the wise ones what the Bible says. The Bible says 
that the wise virgins told the foolish virgins, no, we don't have enough to share with you. We've prepped enough for our families and ourselves. We've prayed enough and we've stored up enough and the money we kept from the bank enough and the this enough and the prayers we prayed enough are enough for this household. We don't really have extra. They told them the oil we have is not enough for us and you. Go to the people who are selling oil and buy from them. Here's one of the oil sellers right here that you're looking at and listening to right now. The people who bring you strength for the inside and tell you to be sober-minded in your faith and tell you to stop playing the petty games of today because the price tags of tomorrow are very hefty and you do not want to have to pay them if you don't have to. In the day when the bridegroom is about to step in and take his loved ones with him, it's too late to run out into the highway and byways and start looking for an oil seller because even the oil sellers are going to be sitting right there, trimming their lamps and pouring on extra and waiting to be told, enter into the rest of your Lord. When the foolish ones departed to now go and get answers, the bridegroom came and it says he entered in with those who were ready and the other ones were locked out. The cold coals are going to be put out by the stress of the times. And God says they will no longer be able to pretend in the house of God that they were hot. Because as the fallen, falling away, as the pressures of the times that make people fall away gains momentum, the cold coals will just wink out. They won't be able to cut it. 12-hour race, 6-hour energy. It doesn't match up. Tell them that I do not appreciate cold coals. And I do not appreciate those who hide and nestle in with the hot coals because they make the body lukewarm. Hot plus cold equals lukewarm. I do not appreciate it. I will spit the whole thing out at the end if the temperature of the whole is not acceptable for me. And the Lord says that this is not an individual judgment. Each person wants to be judged. Well, only God can judge me. There's none of that in the end times. The Lord is doing appreciations of entire nations. This is a goat nation. This is a sheep nation. You don't get to be an individual because you feel like one. Jesus is the one who sets the tone. He says that this will be a whole assessment of the church. The cold coals weaken the whole, meaning the whole thing. They create holes, this is H-O-L-E-S, in the body, and that's where the enemy attacks. So you're in a house with people that won't fast, people that won't pray, people that won't listen to warnings, people that are ready to vote for Obama a fifth time if they can get away with it. And these are the people that God says the enemy attacks through these people. These people create weaknesses in the whole. And compromise widens the hole, H-O-L-E, through which the enemies can look and enter the house. God says that weaknesses in the body, this is the body of Christ, brings a lot of sickness. And he says that this is how arrows of sin are en enter in. Because holes are created in the house and then arrows can enter in the house and attack those who are in the house. He says secret sin in the members 
makes defeat inevitable for the group. Aiken made a lot of people lose their lives. The irony is that his presence in Israel killed a lot of men. But at the end, God kept him alive long enough to confess his sin and face his fate. This is like a drunk driver who kills others, but lives to meet his judgment in court. And Achan also has been spoken of a lot here. The man who was told we're going into Jericho and Jericho is a dedicated city. We are going to burn the whole city and dedicate everything in the city to God. But during the process, Achan found some gold bars and some beautiful bright clothing. And he thought, this is too beautiful. And besides, God doesn't need clothes. And Achan basically just told himself a lot of cold, cold things. And he stole those garments and brought them back to the camp. And the next time they went to fight the second town, Israel was soundly defeated and a lot of people died. And God says it's because something that caused weakness was in their midst. And this is what the cold coals are doing to the church. The next part is this. Churches will be closed. Candlesticks will be put into darkness and lampstands will be removed. The doors of the churches will be closed for the last time. And the next time they reopen, they will be a sneaker store, a bookstore, or if it was a really big store, a really big church, then it will be a mall or a retail outlet. And I spoke this since last year, that God said that a lot of churches have lost their way and they're not preaching the gospel and they're absolutely pointless and just making noise in the spiritual atmosphere. And so he's going to close them and put tennis courts there. They're going to be shopping centers, retail centers. He says, candlesticks will be put into darkness and lampstands will be removed. This is actually talking about the leaders of the churches, the pastors that God says some of them will be falling dead in the pulpit. Some of them, we will see them on TV exposed for murder, pedophilia, church fraud, and all types of things. You can find more about that in the prophecy called the end of the way of the wicked part one, the end of the way of the wicked part two, and the prophecy peanut butter, where I saw that pastors are going to enter a time of back-to-back -back rolling sex scandals and their sex tapes are going to be all over the internet for even children to look at if those children get access to that kind of material. Churches are going to be shut down and people are going to go shopping, dining, and discoing in places that churches used to be. The next thing the Lord said is that TBN is going to shut down. They're already bankrupt and the imbalances on their books is going to come out and they will turn off the broadcast. And I gave this prophecy in one of the live prophecies that I was giving that TBN was going to shut down and they were going to be involved in financial scandal. I spoke this last year in October 2022, and this is the prophecy it came from, October the 23rd, 2022. The next thing God said is that the Potter's House, this is the ministry of Bishop T.D. Jakes. The Potter's House will also be a casualty of the times. And many big and famous churches like it, where the lukewarm gather in massive communities to hear the doctrines of man instead of listening to the word of the Lord that prunes and shapes, they will be shut down. So the Lord has already said that T.D. Jakes is going to have a very shaming fall. It will be one of the biggest church scandals in church history, in modern church history. This man is international fa internationally famous, internationally revered, and God said he's going to be brought low to the very earth, and he will also lose his life. 
and the potter's house and everything involved with it is going to fall and be a casualty of the times. Scandals are going to shape the national, international, and spiritual landscape. And many who had thought for a season that their indiscretions could be kept quiet will be exposed. So whether it's in the national arena, whether it's in business, whether it's in politics, whether it's in entertainment, music, movies, money, sports, wherever it is, I have been saying this since the middle part of 2022, that judgments and exposures are coming, that all idols are going to be humbled before God, that no one is going to be left standing to compete with God. And whether it's on the national level, America, international level, this will be happening all over the world, or whether it's in the spiritual landscape, specifically in the church, people who had thought for a while that their dirt was never going to see daylight, God says that all their indiscretions will come out. God will expose them. Hard evidence will accompany what first starts as unfounded accusations. So it's just going to be one young man who was perhaps sexually molested for five years in some church and he just can't take it anymore. Maybe he's 35 now. Maybe he's 48 now. God is going to start to squeeze. I said this in 2022, the end of the way of the wicked. God is going to start to allow circumstances to squeeze the heart and squeeze the conscience of survivors. They will feel as if floodgates of bitterness and gall are rising in them and they will no longer be able to stay silent. They're going to switch off their, switch on their phones, excuse me, please, and do live streams they're going to, to make what God says will start looking like unfounded accusations. So yes, these people might come on their social media. They might put it on their blogs. They might put it on their TikTok. This happened to me. And all the lymphocytes, all the shameful Christians who cover the sins of those in their midst that they wrongly look up to. Yes, we can trust those cold coals to go running to those live streams and begin to attack people the way they attack me here for speaking God's word. And they will tell those people, how dare you accuse the bishop? How dare you accuse this person? How dare you? And those unfounded accusations, all of a sudden God is going to shift the atmosphere and hard evidence is going to come out. Yes, the police will get involved. The police will start digging. And then they will find out that those petty accusations that they were trying to drag the whistleblowers for turns out to be cold, hard facts. The Lord says that there will be written and visual evidence to accompany the exposure of the sins that will burst out into the open like sewage. God says that the banner of the church of Jesus Christ is soiled and the people of the church are the main supporters of rank sinners. And the reason that they the reason that they support sin is they follow the false mantra called touch not my anointed. Now, how often have I heard touch not my anointed Benny Hinn, my anointed Creflo Dollar, my anointed Joel Austin, my anointed Bishop Jakes. The evidence is going to come out and God says that the main supporters of sinners can be found in the church of Jesus Christ. And it brings a shame and it dirties the banner of the church. And this is why many people hate Christians so much. Because they feel that Christians are divorced from reality. That Christians can't actually process truth 
because they're so willing to twist scripture to support their false beliefs. T.D. Jakes will be the Lord's sign. T.D. Jakes is a sign of the times. T.D. Jakes is a symbol of a dying era where men dress up in robes and call themselves things that they are not. What are the things that they call themselves? Well, they call themselves bishops. The Bible says that the bishop should be sober. He should be the husband of one wife. And he should be a man who keeps his house in order. But a bishop whose sons are all over the place, some of them liking men, though themselves are men, a bishop whose home is constantly erupting in child abuse scandals and child buying scandals is not exactly one who can dress up in a robe and call himself a thing like a bishop that he is not. God says these men pretend before an audience. Meanwhile, they do dark deeds in secret. But God has declared an end to that era. And the sign of that era ending will be the fall of T.D. Jakes. God says that everybody in church who sympathizes with sin and goes around forgiving pedophile pastors while the victim is rejected and their testimony is cast away should be very careful. The next part is America is judged by the Lord and when her judgments fall, they will fall hard. The next part is Kamala Harris will be the leader of America by an exchange of power that is not anticipated or voted for. There will be a sudden change of power in America, no matter who likes it or not. Kamala Harris will be the head of this nation and it will not happen by the popular will and expression of the people. This is voting. And I shared before that I saw a vision of this woman taking her oath when I was on a live prayer call with others. We're praying about something else entirely and I began to tell them you will not believe what I am seeing. I am seeing Kamala Harris standing at the podium saying that today is a great day. Today is a historic day. Today is a day that America has never seen because for the first time ever, a woman is in the White House. She is not the Secretary of State. She is not an assistant or an aide. She is in the top seat. She is the president of the United States. The next part is America will have a civil war of three years, a brutal war brought on by intolerance of all kinds, but especially a war of ideology. This war will be so violent that it will cause huge loss of life, destruction of property, and mass movement of people outside of America to all parts of the world. This war will also be preceded by people fleeing. So before war even breaks out in this country, God says that people are going to leak and leech out of America in all direction. And we've been seeing that since I started talking about this diaspora, even probably before, but when God brought a highlight on it, very shortly after that, stories began to come out in the media of Americans getting second passport, wealthy Americans who can afford to go and invest in other countries and be given immediate citizenship and things like that. And God says, come out of her, my people. The foreigners or foreign nations will go back to their places and forsake America. And I've spoken many times of this exodus that I've seen people from Honduras, I've seen people from Chile, I've seen people from Brazil, I've seen people from um, Mexico and many other places, many African nations flooding out of the United States to go back to America. 
The next part is economic crash and ruination. God says this is a nation that is federally bankrupt, empty coffers, playing with the books, getting creative with the numbers, cooking the books. You will not kick the can down the road anymore. You will pay the price for your irresponsibility and many nations will fall down before this financial crisis is done. The economy will fall to great depression levels and Europe, you will go down with America. The next part is Russia is coming to prominence, arise and devour much flesh. And I think that this is in the book of Daniel where the, the bear was spoken to and it was told, arise and devour much flesh. So God says Russia is coming to prominence. And we can certainly see that Niger had a coup a few, I think maybe two weeks ago, and they're burning the French flag in their ire and waving the Russian flag around. And many countries in Africa are beginning to pivot to Russia. And these prophecies were on the Master's Voice blog since 2019. Those are my first videos. Um, the fact that Russia will rise and that the world will begin to look to Russia for leadership. And the world will begin to say, America, shush, 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 shush. Vlad is talking and we want to hear what he is saying. Thank you. The next part is this. The Lord says, I will close the church. The lampstand will be put out. The candlestick will be taken away and I will rebrand it as something else. I will give it a new name a new appearance and maintain it in a different way. The way it is, is no longer efficient for me. And if you will just look back to the recent video that I made where I said the times to come hidden faith and a new type of church, God is basically telling me to tell everyone, this is not only for America, this is everyone. God is basically telling me, and he has been saying it for most of today that you will go back to the book of Acts. You will go back to the book of Acts. If you have not read the book of Acts, this is a great time to start an in-depth Bible study. For the book of Acts is a two-part book. It is a time where terrible persecution arose against the church. They were hunting them down. They were prevented from meeting. They had to hide house to house. At some point in the book of Acts, they could do it openly and many people joined them. They were having something like a revival after Jesus ascended and left them to get on with the business of being the church, the first church. They received many converts and many people's hearts were open and they brought all that they had to share in community and they thrived. And then persecution arose because whenever the church is doing well, I don't know why the church thinks that Satan will sit there and clap for them and be inactive and do nothing. Persecution arose for the name of Jesus. The Pharisees were frustrated. This was a new form of worship, a new form of belief. It was far too accessible. It was far too open to everyone else. It said that the Roman centurion was the same as his slave, that they were brothers because there's no Jew and there's no Greek and there's no free and there's no slave and there's no male and there's no female. It was too free. It was too open. It was too Jesus. And they thought that they had gotten rid of him. And now here he was back replicated in thousands and thousands and thousands of people, a movement they could not contain. And so they brought brute force against that movement. And guess what happened? Did the movement die? No, it was driven underground. This is the book of Acts. The miracles were still happening, but the miracles were then driven underground. 
The teaching was still happening, but then the teaching was driven underground. How is it going to work in a nation that is always above ground and always wants to be seen and have an opinion? How can this nation that is so prolific agree to be driven underground? The answer is it will not. The majority of it will be hacked off by the beast. A small contingent will be driven underground. These are the people that God says, after he closes the church and the lampstands are put out and the candlesticks are taken away, he will rebrand the church as something else. And that thing is going to be the same church as the resistance, resisting against the beast, resisting by prayer, resisting by small acts of rebellion and sabotage and being led by the spirit. This resistance, if you think that you're going to be in this resistance by your gun or by whatever it is, these things may be there. The church will surely have protectors. The church has always had protectors in Christ. God will bring protectors, but at the same time, this resistance is the strong spiritual core that wise virgins are building now because foolish virgins don't even understand what I'm talking about right now because I haven't used the word Maranatha one time yet. So foolish virgins don't even know where I'm going with this, but I'm speaking by the spirit. I am like a leaf blown upon my father's words. God is going to rebrand the church, a new appearance, he says, and maintain it a different way. Strange and wonderful acts of God, he has been telling me. You have come to the era of the strange and the wonderful acts of God. The era where they lock people in or the era where they hunt people down and there's no way you can have access to a supermarket, but that's okay because God has a way of magically refilling the bag of flour just as he did in the old days. This strange and wonderful acts of God while also living a low profile faith, a new type of church. And the only way that one can be successful in this new type of church is to submit to the training of the Holy Spirit now so that he can actually tell you how it works. Because to be in this age, you are going to have to be a new type of Christian. The Lord said, Isaiah delivered the word and then he turned around and left. And it was up to Hezekiah what he was going to do with it. So this is when God said, Isaiah, go and tell Hezekiah that he's going to die. Tell him to get his house in order. He's going to die. God said that Isaiah went in there and said, King Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, you're going to die. And he turned around and left. And God said it was now up to Hezekiah what he did with that pronouncement of death. And God said that Hezekiah could have acted like King Ahab, who when Micaiah, the prophet, prophesied to him, he complained loudly and said, didn't I tell you he never prophesies anything good? And where's the hope? But God said that Hezekiah did two things immediately. And he did them so well that they had an effect on God, that God changed his mind. And he sent prophet Isaiah back to Hezekiah with new instructions. I think this story is in Isaiah 38. But the two things that Hezekiah did was he didn't try to argue. He accepted the judgment and he lifted up his voice and cried out to God for mercy. And the second thing that he did is that he repented. And before Isaiah could walk out of the palace, so he left the room, but before he could leave the grounds, 
Isaiah received new instructions, and those instructions were go back and tell him that I will show mercy. So this message is to those who have an ear to hear. God is very merciful, but you have to know where that mercy is found. And that mercy is found deep in the core of God. You cannot get that mercy if you are complaining about these messages. For the messages are true and the messages are just meaning that God has every right to judge like this. But if you look past all that and say, I will go after the core of my God, for I know he is soft towards those who repent, then absolutely God will start to send you specific Holy Spirit-based messages about how to keep your peace and not lose your head in the times that are ahead. The name of this prophecy is Hot and Cold Makes Lukewarm, a prophecy of Sardis and Laodicea, received last year, October the 9th, 2022. May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may the Lord constantly be with you, giving you direction, teaching, and courage, and also peace. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. Until I see you again, goodbye.